Take heed that you do not your alms before men. So we begin this look at prayer. And there's no more important thing we could ever talk about than prayer. Because, not just because, you know, a lot of people look at prayer as a way to get what they want. A way to almost, well, they think of it mostly about themselves. But prayer is not meant to be just about yourself. Prayer has to do with changing the world and making a difference in the world and in yourself. Prayer changes both you and the world. That's a way to put it. Not, not just you, oh, I want a million dollars, because the Bible talks about praying amiss or such as that. So prayer is the most important thing that you can do because it is the only way that you can change the world is through prayer. And a lot of times people will ask the question, and since it's early and some of you are already uh, uh, awake, I want to say... Uh, I notice I said some of you. No, I'm just I, I'm th- just kidding. Of course, you're all awake, or you you surely wouldn't be here if you weren't awake. You had to be awake to get in here, unless you were sleepwalking. But we won't mention that you are here, and we're glad that you're here. But I wanted to mention how people will sometimes say, "I don't understand why I have to pray." Meaning, sometimes well, there's maybe a number of reasons, but many times what they mean is. I don't know why it's necessary for me to pray. Like one fellow said to me, he was basically uh, didn't really believe in God. So I don't know why it was important to him. I think what he was really trying to say is, I find this silly. And so he was trying, we were discussing it. And I said, well, I, I don't think it is silly. Maybe I can help you see it. And so we were talking and he said, well, I don't understand why God makes us pray when he already knows. And so I said, that's a very important question. I said, I wondered if you were going to hit on that because he had, he had said some other things. And, and uh, this is a common objection of, of atheists, for example. Why would God have you pray about something that, you, um, that he already knows? As though, and this is very interesting now, folks, we can't dig here. We can't keep digging any deeper here. But if, if the fact that God knows something then means that nothing else needs to be done, for example, prayer then really the world wouldn't even... Why does the world need to go round? God already knows all about everything. It does what it does because that is the will of God. It is His will that we would depend upon Him and love Him and serve Him. And so we pray. For example, Jesus prayed. I've had many people say to me, well, if Jesus was God, why in the world did He pray? Of course, I've said that to people that say that He's another God, like a second God or something. Well, why would a second God pray to another God? It was the humanity that prayed, and all good men have to pray. How many knows that all, all godly men pray? And Jesus was a godly man. And as a human being, yes, He needed to pray. He shed His blood just like any man, He walked on the earth just like any man. Now, he didn't, when He walked on water, that wasn't just like any man. How many knows that Jesus was more than a man? He was God, but he prayed. And so we're looking here. Now, I want you to notice. Okay, enough said about that. And uh, we're looking at verse 1. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men. So the, the, the very first thing that he is trying to instruct us and his disciples is that prayer is a, is a private matter. And so is giving. So to be seen of men. Otherwise, you have, you have no reward of your father which is in heaven. I I assume that means that the reward, meaning more than just uh, heaven, but it means that your prayer is not going to be answered or you're not going to receive. uh, It doesn't give you the benefit that it would come. If your giving is motivated by 
uh, being noticed, then you've lost your reward. That's what Jesus is saying. And in my Bible, I have a red letter, and all these, all these words are red. In fact, everything on this entire page from 5, 6, and on over into 7 are all red letters. So these three chapters are the words of Jesus without interruption. Now, look at verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. So there you have it again. Their, their motivation for, for giving is so people will see them and they will be, uh, get glory from men. Verily I say unto thee, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That's very interesting. But see, I'm not pausing too long here. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Everyone say secret. So the point is that that is a a very personal matter. It's not meant to bring glory to yourself. Now, verse 5, he changes the subject from alms. same, Same discussion, but a different subject. And when thou prayest... Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. So he's continuing. Jesus is giving us almost exactly the same wording. When thou prayest, uh, uh, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. All right. There are some folks. All right. Here we go. That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door. Everyone say, shut thy door. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost to the Lord's Prayer. But I have a common uh, interpretation of the Lord's Prayer that I get from people that don't believe in praying loud or praying out loud. Uh, and and I, I don't know maybe I call it high church where they believe that this prayer was meant to be prayed like a like a poem and everybody prays it in unison and recently I read a fellow who's I'm not knocking I'm not I'm not condemning it I'm just telling you you need to be very careful in misinterpreting because this is the most important thing you can do is pray and if all this is, is a prayer that we're to just pray like a poem, then I want you to see how we'd be violating the very thing Jesus is about to tell us here. That when, and, and the argument was in this latest book I read, was that, well, it says, Our Father, when say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, and then it goes on and it keeps talking about us in the, in the plural. And so they were telling me that that was evidence that this was a joint prayer and everyone was praying together and it was never meant to be private prayer. I said, well, you have a problem because Jesus just instructed them to get into their closet. So is this the whole church in the closet? Is that what you're trying? I'm, I'm just kidding. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is that that's a misinterpretation of the word our. Because how many knows that you could be somewhere and be talking, you, your wife's not there, your kids aren't there, but you could say, well, our kids are growing up. How many knows you could say that? You could be with a whole bunch of people. You could say, well, our kids are, are, are getting married soon. But it doesn't mean you have the whole, all the kids there. It doesn't mean you have everybody there. And I have become convinced that the reason that Jesus gave it to us in the plural is so that we would never forget. I don't mean you're not supposed to pray it in the plural. 
But it's not because you're standing there and you're reading at our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, like it's some sort of echo somewhere. It's because we're to always remember that prayer is the responsibility of the entire church. That what we are doing in prayer is the kingdom of God at work in the hearts of the people of God. And so as I pray, I can pray right here. I never ever once said my Father, which art in heaven, when I'm by myself. Now, I could. I don't think there's anything wrong. I could say my father. But then the Lord's going to remind me. Remember, it's not just your father. This is about a kingdom that's bigger than you are. This is about the church of the living God. So, no, no. See, I want you to think with me. I know you think I'm getting wound up. But this is just getting, this is just getting out of bed going. This is no big deal. If you pray like that, as though it's a poem, you will miss the entire purpose of this prayer. Because this was never meant to be a prayer that you simply repeated. It was meant to be a prayer that you actually pray. And that comes from the depth of your soul. And so let's look here. Now, we're not ready for that. We're almost ready for that. We're still in verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, don't do like the hypocrites. Enter into thy closet. Everyone say closet. So as far as I'm concerned, that solves that right there. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. Everyone say father. So you don't pray to a bunch of gods. You don't pray to two or three gods. You pray to the one God, the father of heaven and earth. He is the father because he made heaven and earth. How many believe that God created the heavens and the earth? You pray to him. Now someone said, well, who's Jesus? Jesus is that God in human form. That God came to earth. They said to John 14, well, uh, we would like to see the Father. He said, have I been so long time with you and you don't know who I am? Jesus was the God of the universe that had become man. But he didn't walk around saying, man, I'm, man, I'm like with a six shooter on. He said, man, I'm, I'm God. He didn't do that. You know what that would, what if he'd have gone around saying, I'm God, bow down right here and worship me. What would that have been? That would have been sinful. Jesus did nothing that was sinful. He lived his earthly life as man. He didn't even pull himself off the cross. Matthew was so upset about it, he said he could have called. Remember that little scripture away just, just at the crucifixion? He could have called ten uh, uh, legions. Is that, if I got it right? Yeah. So 12 legions, which is approximately 10,000. So we, we typically say, 10, I was about to say 10,000. I'll go with that. He, he could have called 10,000s of angels, but he didn't. See, Matthew wanted everyone to know that Jesus was God. He could have easily, uh, the angels, because the, the psalm said if he, just, if he just stubbed his toe, the angels would come and minister unto him. They wouldn't have, they didn't want him to do all. They wanted to rescue him from what was happening. Oh my goodness. Man. So you pray to God. Jesus was God. He was the human manifestation of that one God. So pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. This is the fourth time now. And when you pray, listen, use not vain repetitions. He's about to give them the Lord's Prayer. So don't just repeat, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom come, the will be done in heaven. Why? Why not do that? Why not just pray? I mean, you, you said the Lord's Prayer. You repeated the words. 
I have people say to me, well, I remember. And I don't mean by that, that if a child memorizes a prayer and you should teach them the Lord's Prayer and you should memorize the Lord's Prayer and you should pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm not saying that you should never do it. I'm telling you that that was not the purpose of him giving it to us, that we simply would repeat it. Like you could say, repeat after me, I will not put my hand in the cookie jar. I will not put my hand as they're putting their hand in the cookie jar. Repeating something doesn't mean anything. You have to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so he says here, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much, their much speaking. But ye therefore like, be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Which is what we were just referring to. Praise God. How many knows that God already knows what you need? Sure he does. I feel the Lord's presence here and I just... Um, prayer is so important that here we are in June, camp starting, all this going on, and we said, let's, let's talk about the Lord's Prayer. So let's look at the Lord's Prayer after this manner, therefore. Let's read this together since it's here and we could all read it aloud. I'm just going to continue reading out of my Bible here. Let's read, verse 9, shall we? After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, we're going to, let's see if I can make this work. Now, we're, we're going to begin here with the very first uh, verse of the Lord's Prayer. And... We'll have enough time to walk through these verses and talk about uh, the power of the Lord's of the Lord's prayer. In fact, just even reading it like we just did uh, has a way of ushering us into the presence of the Lord. Why don't we just lift our hands and thank the Lord for what he's already done in our life. Lord, we are grateful for what you have done. And so we know you already know what we need but we're not going to ignore that you're our source and we come to you and we trust you, God. We praise you. Hallelujah. So isn't it a silly thing? Let's say your child is dying. In, and I don't mean to be silly here. Um, uh, I want to be careful. I, I won't be personal. But let's say that you're in a hospital and there you're, the child is very, very critical. And you resent God to have to tell God, I need your help with this situation. Think of that. Just think of that. Why should I have to ask God to do this? As though that's a reason not to come before God. It's like saying, now listen to me. Don't, you don't have to, I'm not trying to be thorough. I'm just trying to be honest and logical. You fall in love, and there she is, and you, oh, my darling. And you come running up, but I'm not going to tell you that I love you. Because you already know it. Just think how that would work. Just think of it. 
Oh, my darling. I could, we could make a, we, uh, some big production of this. Maybe call some producer. And, uh, and the whole idea is they never tell each other they love each other. They just run toward each other, but they never say a word about how they feel. Because they already know. They already know. Uh, I don't know if we can even get a human example that's, that helps us fully. But cons- just consider how much we need the Lord. We used to sing, when I first came into the church, way back in the Civil War days, um, we would sing, I need the old. And they'd start way over there, and you'd hear the ladies singing. You could hear it like this, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. You could hear that. That used to get, put goosebumps all over me. And then it would come across the church. Every hour. In fact, some of you notice that I like to have the, the men sometimes sing and the women. I, I, that's just the way I grew up. All you men, come on. Oh, how's that song keep going? Where's Sister French? Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I think when you acknowledge, you could say, well, Lord, I, I know you already know I need you. <laughs> I mean, just think of that. To be so, so adamant against prayer only because God already knows. Because there is a group out there now that's claiming God doesn't know anything. He doesn't have enough sense to come out of the rain. But, but that, that group, thank God, is still a pretty tiny group. But uh, I have a friend who, who got all caught up in this. God doesn't know anything. And I said, you know everything, I can tell you that right now. But God doesn't know a thing. You know everything, God doesn't know a thing. I said, that, that doesn't seem to add up to me. You're the smartest human being that ever was. You must be the smartest human being ever was because you know everything God doesn't know. All because of the human heart refusing to recognize that God is bigger than I am. God is greater than I am. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost is real. I don't care if every devil in hell hates it. God's word is true. And if I've got a need and I have a need every day, I... Open my eyes. I've got a need. Hallelujah. I've got a need. And so I say, oh, Father, our Father. I don't resent having to say our because I'm a part of a great church of people. Every, In fact, it's not just the church. And, and I don't mean to be, I don't want to make anybody mad here. But it's not just because somebody joined a church. I want to tell you, you can be the farthest from God there ever was. You cry out and say, our Father, begin to call upon him. Oh, something powerful happens. Calling on the Lord to sit around and say, well, I don't understand why I have to do that. He already knows everything. So I put together 10 reasons. I'm not going to I don't even care. But I'm just telling you, you could have a hundred reasons. 10 reasons we pray even though God already knows. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Hallelujah. He already knows, but he loves. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks. 
I, I, I know there's nothing that I have, nothing that I have in this world. One little lady was, uh, didn't know what to do. She didn't have any food. And she said, Lord, Lord, please provide today my bread. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have anything, Lord, today. But I know you will take care of me. I told this once to a fellow, and he said, sounds like a, a Christian that's pretty stupid. That's what he said. And awfully poor. I said, so you're not just know everything. You also are better than everybody. Because you've got two loaves of bread and she didn't have a thing. Of course, he was making fun of the story because he assumed that there's no such thing as a human being doesn't even have a loaf of bread. Everybody's got a loaf of bread. I said, well, just let me keep telling the story. And she prayed this little prayer. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I have no way to get it, but I ask you to provide. Give me, give me my bread for today. She was basically praying the Lord's Prayer. Well, there was, uh, according to the story, uh, this guy was standing out the window who was an atheist. So to prove her to be an idiot, he ran and bought some bread and whatever. As I heard, it just bought the bread. And she had been praying by the kitchen window. And so he just reached in and laid the bread on the... Because he wanted to laugh at her. How silly she was, you know. And uh, this was many, 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 many years ago. Many, many years ago. So she started... She saw the bread on the table. She was absolutely shocked, you know. Of course, that would be illegal. I'm not recommending anybody reach in and put bread on people's table. If you got bread for them, knock on the door, and, and you know, that's a better way to do it. But uh, so he stuck it on the table, and she started praising God. Thank you, Jesus, for providing my, what I needed, Lord. And he jumped up out there on the sidewalk, and he was just laughing hysterically. And he said, God didn't provide that for you. I did, you foolish old woman. And she said, oh no, sir. You may have put it on the table, but God is the one who provided it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, folks, when you recognize the goodness of God and you recognize that even your breath, when you come to your last breath, you're going to recognize that you don't have control over this world, but there is a God that has control over it. And that's the God that we pray to. All of us, we're created by the same God. All right, so, so prayer is a, a very powerful thing. And so he said, after this manner, pray our Father which art in heaven. Now, I don't want to miss this, although I realize I'm, I, I want to cover more than just these few verses. But uh, Jesus specifically said to say all right so i'm i'm that's why i'm going to emphasize it that he's not just our father which of course means he's our creator because we have an earthly father how many knows we have an earthly father but he's our creator he's the one that that uh, designed us he's he's he he's our origin as it were and so but but not just that he is the creator but that he is in heaven Everyone say, in heaven. Our Father, as the King James says, which art in heaven or who is in heaven. 
Praise God. I, I always love that when I'm praying. Sometimes I don't get past that. And I'll tell the Lord later, Lord, I want to get down to that other, but, but I just can't get over you being in heaven. And, and I'll get to shouting and praising God and, and, and saying, you're in heaven, you're in heaven, Lord. And, and you're the God of heaven and you made heaven. And this world is, is looking up and seeing the glories of heaven. And that's who you are. And I get to praise in him for the flower that grows. I get to praise in him for all that God does. That's what you need to do. Now, you say, what are you talking about, Brother French? All right, so what I'm saying is that what this first, I think this is true. So you, since I'm teaching, I'm your pastor, I'm talking. I think this is designed to get us to praise him. In other words, now someone told me one time, well, when it says, hallowed be thy name, that's praise. Okay, all right. I said, well, well uh, 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 uh. hallowed be thy name is not praise, that's prayer. And I said, I used to think the same thing, but I, I can tell you right now that that's, if this came from Greek and the Greek doesn't allow that to just be praise. Now, is praise in there? Everyone say, praise the Lord. Yes, I just said, I believe it's designed to evoke praise. So the very first thing we'd say is, our Father which art in heaven. It's, it's there to evoke praise in us. How many knows we ought to be praising God? Some people, you could give them everything they need and they would forget about it tomorrow. It's there to provoke us to praising God. Hallelujah. You need to think about what he's done for you. You need to think about how he's been good to you. Yes, this is a Bible lesson. Some people run around when they do Bible lessons. And I'm having to get used to Getting all worked up in, in glasses. By the way, I can see again, but uh, I, I get I can't get used to uh, the the fog factor. Do you know what I mean? See, you're with me. Sister Elaine is with me. Thank you, Sister Elaine. You're so sweet. They're all laughing at me like you know, wiping the fog out. But. Uh, Praise God. But I can see. When, when I get the fog off, then I can actually see people. I can see. It's like suddenly I'm able to, to see again. It's absolutely marvelous. And uh, by the way, we just got word this week that our new book on the interracial Pentecostalism and that we did for our PhD at the University of Birmingham in England, they're being published by a major Christian publisher. They, it was supposed to be come out in September, October. They put it ahead of the line and called me uh, last week and said, we've put it ahead of the line and it will be out in about a week. So we're talking about... Uh, sometime this month possibly now that, that means of course that's when they'll come off the press and, and there it'll be and so on and then they gotta do this and do that I mean, there's all kinds of things but, uh, and it's gotta be advertised and folks have already it's, just, it's already on Amazon I don't know how in the world they got that thing on Amazon and I said what do you mean I haven't even seen the book yet and so we're excited about that and let me tell you something folks I know the devil hates it but it is time for us to quit worrying about what the devil thinks and start praising God God is bigger than our problems. Someone said, I don't like those people that try to tell me what to do. And they get so emotional. <laughs> They're talking about me, of course. But uh, it's time to quit worrying about it. It's time for us to praise God. You need to praise God. I don't mean you got to praise God. You don't have to run around the front and carry a mic and wipe your glasses off. You can buy those little, I don't know why they haven't come up with uh, windshield wipers for glasses. Praise God. 
course, I've never worn them, but now that I'm wearing them, it seems like a marvelous idea. I don't know where you'd put the windshield. But if they can go to the moon, they ought to be able to put a little windshield up in here somewhere and comes down, wipes them, and gets them right. But I love to praise the Lord. Anybody love to praise the Lord? I love to praise Him. So when I say, my Father, I don't, you don't want to rush through that. Oh, my Father which is in heaven. And the next time somebody tells you you're supposed to be praying to some multiple God somewhere, you don't just pray to one God. You tell them, my Bible tells me I'm to pray to the Father. He's the Father of creation. He is my God. And I worship Him. Hallelujah. So He's worthy. Not only that, these very first things are here to evoke. um, I've lost my little deal. Um, to, to invoke in us praise. So our Father, you're in heaven, and there heaven is, and I'm on earth. And Now we know that, I know this, I know, how, how, what are you, why are you being so hard on me this morning? I know God's here today, he's on earth just like he's in heaven, I know that. It's, in, it's here to invoke in us that God is over all things, he's from heaven, he made all of this, he's bigger than everything down here. Listen, listen, is it just part of this creation he's in heaven all that there is everything you can see with the telescope as far as you can see i don't care what these uh, eggheads try to tell us oh well there's no god i looked someone jumped out and said i i, I took a telescope i looked as far i looked a, a billion galaxies i never saw god well hoop de doo i thought you knew that he, he's invisible you didn't know that that's one of the fundamentals. God's invisible. You're never going to... He could be right in front of you. You wouldn't see him. In fact, he is right in front of you. Oh, hallelujah. He's right here right now. But they'll say, oh, that's just emotion. Oh, that's just emotion. Oh, really? So that's what makes a man who drank himself nearly to death and suddenly gets the Holy Ghost and speaks in tongues, a language he never knew. That's just emotion. I want to tell you something, devil. That's a whole lot more than emotion. That is somebody finding out that the invisible God has come down into their world. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Wow, there's so much. No, so, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Could you say that with me? Hallowed be thy name. Okay, that was good. Hallowed be thy name. Now, I, I want to say this because I get, I, I get people who fuss about it that because uh, we baptize in Jesus' name and we say that Jesus is the name. We say Jesus is the name. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times. Even this company that's publishing our new book on interracial one is Pentecostals which is the most exciting thing I've ever done. It is the most detailed history of Pentecostalism ever written about our churches. We're the fastest growing churches in the world. And uh, it is, the, I, I absolutely, you know, you know how I feel? We ought to be thanking God every day that we have pioneers that preached holiness and loved righteousness and, and stood for the things they stood for. And uh, I, I'm, I'm honored to be able to say, I went to the university, I spent years there researching and doing what I could to tell their story. Hikata, hilamotashai. Hallelujah. In fact, they asked me, how, how do you want to advertise this? You're just going to have to accept it, folks. I cannot help it. I'm going to have to talk how I feel here this morning. And they said, what, what, how do you want to advertise it? In fact, they sent me a couple days ago. The, uh, I told this in prayer, but I'll say it again. And they, they said, are there any errors here? And they sent me the index. The index alone 
We're talking a 150,000 word document. They made me cut it down to 128,000 words. And when I got done, it was better than the original. And I told him, I said, thank you for making me do that. I didn't like it, but it's kind of like an operation, you know. So they said, all right, we're going to, this is, every academic work has a good index and you're going to have to pay for that. So I said, all right, I want what I want. But I said, here's what I want. I want an index that says name index, which is fairly common. I want an index that says subject. And so you look at it and you say, uh, Haywood baptized in Jesus' name, black apostolic preacher. So I want every single subject, I want it to come up in the page number right where you're going to find it. So they did it, and it took them a month or so. And, they, and I thought then they would say, okay, now we're on, we're on track for, for October. That's what I thought. And uh, they sent it to me about, wouldn't you say that was a couple of weeks ago? And, and they said, look it over, see if there's anything wrong. Well, went down to Montgomery which is Sister Cole's uh, maiden name, right? Montgomery. T.C., it said. Montgomery, T.C. But it didn't have a Y on Montgomery. So it was T.C. Montgomery. Boy, I mean, I got on there. I said, devil. Man, I told the devil right off. I got Sister French. I said, look at the devil trying to mess this up. T.C. Montgomery. And uh, I said, man, I got right on there and I said, this isn't T.C. Montgomery. What are you talking about? Have you ever heard anybody named Montgomery? I never even heard of such a thing. Of course, they accidentally left the wild. I mean, that's what it was. And I knew that, but boy, I thought, but in my mind, see, I was thinking about how symbolically, I'm not silly. I know some of you think I'm being silly, but I got to thinking about, you know what? There's a man that gave his life. And I said, they said, how do you want to advertise this? I said, I want to advertise this as the who's who of early Pentecostalism. It's got every name, every person, every missionary, every preacher, every place in the world that was preaching this message at Azusa Street and beyond. I said, they deserve to have their name. Someone ought to be talking about them. I tell you when this happened to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had a, pre- a fella, I won't say who it was, but a fella said to me, I had those old timers, they were so, they didn't know anything. I said, what are you talking about? He said, those old timers that preach this stuff, they didn't even know Greek and Hebrew. I said, do you? Well, no. I said, well, continue. He didn't know one word, but he somehow considered himself better. I said, well, did you know that uh, our founder, one of our founders, uh, G.T. Haywood, who was an African-American, whose family came from uh, from Benin, uh, Africa, and they came across as slaves, and they were delivered. They lived in North Carolina. They got the Holy Ghost in, uh, out of the revivals of Azusa, became one of the greatest songwriters in the world, became one of the greatest preachers in the world. I said, did you know that he studied Latin and he studied Greek right there at the University of Indianapolis? I mean, the University of Indiana, did you know that he was one of the brightest men that ever lived and you're sitting here acting? I said, don't you see the trick is for us to always think that we're just a little bit better than the roll timers are. And I said, Lord, I'd love to tell their story. 
I'd love to talk about it. I'd like, hey folks, I want to tell you something. I believe that what's about to happen is what already happened. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. We're not better than they. We can have it now. But we've got we've to have the same desire and the same hunger. We cannot just have business as usual. How many think I'm going to finish the Lord's Prayer and get all the way through the Lord's Prayer this morning? Okay. Such doubt. I've never seen such doubt. No, I, I realize that. Folks, I have not been this wound up in many a day. But we're not going to obviously get all the way through this uh, Lord's Prayer. In fact, um, let's stand. We're going to have to start transitioning and turn this, uh, this praise team loose. I'd like us to pray for one another. And I don't mean pray the Lord's Prayer. I mean let's pray specifically. We've already said the Lord's Prayer. We're talking about it. We'll get back to it next time, next Sunday. But I'd like us to lift our hands and let's just thank the Lord for what He's done in our lives. And let's give Him a little bit of praise. That's it. Don't worry about anybody else. Just give Him a little praise. (laughs) I want to give you a little bit of praise, Jesus. Because you have done what you've done in my life. I don't care what anybody else says about it. I know it's real. I know it's real. Hallelujah. And I praise you, Lord. Give me a clean heart. Hallelujah. Well, I'd like you to, uh, let's do this before they start.